Would you join me in our opening prayer, which you will find in your bulletin? Let us pray. Most gracious God, look with mercy upon your family gathered here, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed. He was given into sinful hands and suffered death upon the cross. Strengthen our faith and forgive our betrayals as we enter the way of his passion through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit forever and ever. Amen.
Our first reading this evening is from the prophet Isaiah, the 52nd chapter, beginning with verse 13. Behold, my servant shall prosper. He shall be exalted and lifted up and shall be very high. As many were astonished at him, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the sons of men. So he shall startle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told them, they shall see. And that which they have not heard, they shall understand. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of the dry ground. He had no form or comeliness that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that made us whole, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When he makes himself an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the fruit of the travail of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I am moved as I look out and see this room full. And we know there are many more who are joining us online. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I love 
this church. I love our church family. This is a sign that you get it, that you know the way to Easter, that you know the way to joy. It is through this story that we are about to hear tonight. It would be hard to uh, isolate. Uh, I thought I would do this. What's my favorite moment in this story? I don't know. I don't know which one resonates the most. I'm struck by Jesus looking down. All you need to know about Jesus is right here. He looks down at the people that are making fun of him, who have just carried out the task of nailing him. They are about to execute him. They don't ask for anything, and he forgives them. That's all you need to know about Jesus right there. He looks down and he sees his mother, this is so moving, whose pain was greater than his mother Mary's pain. And he sees that and he knows that and he makes provision for her with the beloved disciple. So beautiful. When he prays, he doesn't make up a free-form prayer. He quotes Psalm 22, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Psalm 31, into your hands I commend my spirit. He knew those by heart and he learned those from his mother when he was a little boy and she heard those words. I thought today that I'm moved by the silence. We have the few things Jesus said, but most of Good Friday, beginning with his trial at six in the morning until he breathed his last at 3 p.m., He's just silent. God is always with us in the silence. Then I'm struck by the silence that had to fall right after he breathed his last. Have you ever been with someone in such a silence after they have breathed their last? We call this Good Friday. It seems like it should be called Horrible Friday, the bleakest Friday ever. We know that hope, our hope is that God entered the world on our bleakest days, on our worst hours. William Styron uh, wrote about his battle with depression, and he called it darkness visible. Jesus enters into all the darkness visible. As he goes into that tomb, it's dark, it's shut in. Jesus experiences that to bring out life on the other side. It's all so beautiful. Uh, and then finally, uh, this. Uh, recently, Good Friday has been called the day the revolution began. George McLeod, the founder of the Iona community, wrote these words. Jesus was not crucified in a cathedral between two candles, but on a cross between two thieves, on a town garbage heap, at a crossroad of politics so cosmopolitan that they had to write his title in Hebrew and in Latin and in Greek at the kind of place where cynics talk smut and thieves curse and soldiers gamble. Because that is where he died and that is what he died about, then that's where Christ's own ought to be. That is what church people ought to be about. So friends, we take our time this evening quiet to ponder what wondrous love is this.
when Jesus had finished speaking, he went forth with his disciples across the Kidron Valley, where there was a garden. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place. For Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, procuring a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus knowing all that was to befall him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. When he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which the Father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews seized Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had given counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, 
I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple. I have said nothing secretly. When he had said this, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken wrongly, bear witness to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself by the fire. They said to him, Are not you also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a kinsman of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once the cock crowed.
Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the Praetorium. It was early. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not an evildoer, we would not have handed him over. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. This was to fulfill the word which Jesus had spoken to show by what death he was to die. Pilate entered the praetorium again and said to Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingship is not of this world. If my kingship were of this world, my servants would fight that I might not be handed over to the Jews. But my kingship is not from the world. Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth?
<clears throat> After Pilate had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no crime in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. Will you have me release for you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no crime in him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man! When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! When Pilate heard these words, he was the more afraid. He entered the praetorium again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. When Pilate heard these words, he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and he went out, bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote a title and put it on the cross, 
It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many read this title, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. The chief priests of the Jews then said to Pilate, do not write the king of Jews, but this man said I am the king of Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and said to one another, let us cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. So the soldiers did this.
But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, I thirst. A bowl full of vinegar stood there, so they put a sponge full of the vinegar on hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit.
When they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, asked Pilate that he might take the body away of Jesus, and Pilate gave him leave. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who had at first come to him by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes. They took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb where no one had ever been laid. As the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. 